it'll be the first year I get to take my son Aiden with me. He is five and a half years old and I feel like he's at the age where <laughs> he somewhat listens when I say, hey, stop, don't do that. So hopefully he won't go darting under like a a roped off area of the course or, or something like that this year. Or making making fart noises in someone's backswing. You know, things kids yeah. love to do. Absolutely, but he could get away with it. <laughs> Hi, this is Jesse Orr, and I'm a big-ass runner from Oak Ridge, North Carolina. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Jesse. That was an awesome intro, and we have so many awesome listeners. I used awesome twice, but that's okay. Listeners out in North Carolina. I believe Oak Ridge is between Greensboro and Winston-Salem. I might be mistaken. I think I'm correct on that, but great job. Thanks for doing that intro. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner. Welcome to episode number 85. We're excited about this episode, mainly because both segments, both segment one and two, you are going to hear from a Big Ass Runner herd member. This is a very much a herd-driven episode, which I'm super excited about. The first segment is one of our favorites, if not our absolute favorite. We have a segment of Why I Run that you're absolutely going to love. And then segment two is a new segment. This is something we are rolling out. It's an idea that we've been working on. And the idea behind it is it's going to be called Inside the Herd. And you're going to get a chance to get to know one of the Big Ass Runner Herd members in a really cool way. So we're very excited about our first segment, our very first installment of Inside the Herd, and who our surprise, secret, super secret surprise guest is for this very, very first segment of Inside the Herd. But before we get to that, I wanted to cover something that I think, I think this is exciting news. I'm going to share it with you. I think this is very exciting news. When I look at my overall training, my programming, my races, my hydration, nutrition, mobility, flexibility. You know, if you're a runner like myself, a trail runner, we like to evaluate how we're doing. Look at those areas that perhaps that we could use some improvement on. I knew I needed to improve my programming for my 100K, and that's why I'm working with Coach Greg. I knew I needed to work on flexibility and mobility, so we've got Dr. Lisa, and I've joined Stretch Lab, which stretches me in ways I can't stretch myself to help with my flexibility and mobility. I've added some yoga into my training as well, and that's been helping. But one of the weak, really two, I would say, really weak areas right now. One is just my overall form and gait. I am a bit of a scooter, even though I'm tall, I'm 6'4". I take really small steps. I think I've got to improve my gait. I'm, I'm going to do something about that. I'll tell you more about that in a later episode. But the other area that, and I've said this on the show before, my nutrition, I think, is a weakness. I 
enjoy lots of different foods, including probably too many powdered donuts and ice cream. And it's an area I really want to improve on. And we've had Eve Pearson on the show several times. And I'm excited to announce that I am working with Eve Pearson and NutraWorks and we'll be sharing with you on the show the steps that I go through with them, my experiences, what I'm learning, because the whole idea is that I would pay it forward to the Big S Runner Herd listeners so that you can learn as I learn as well. So very excited to work with Eve and NutraWorks. So really excited about that. I will be sharing more in future episodes. We're going to have Eve on from time to time. Kind of like when we've had Coach Greg just talking about how he works with different athletes. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to share the things that we're learning, that I'm learning about nutrition, specifically about nutrition for trail runners, timing, all the things. Super excited about that. I'm actually ecstatic about it because I know it's a weakness and I really want to turn it into a strength. And I want to share that with you as well. So more to come, certainly, but wanted to make that big, exciting announcement that I'll be working with Eve Pearson and NutraWorks. More to come. With that, let's get going on this very special Big Ass Runner Herd Driven episode number 85 of the Big Ass Runner. One of the things I absolutely love about trail running is the community. I remember when I was running road races before I did trail races. And for a road race, we've talked about this on the show before too. We lo- I love them. I enjoy them. But it was more about the absolute destination. It was all systems go, start to finish as quick as possible, didn't engage with people on the course much at all. A lot of times that's because they've got music and they're just trying, they're trying to get their times and all that. As you guys know, trail running is so different. You meet people on the trail, you have shared experiences. And this happened to me about a little over a year ago at Rocky Raccoon back in February of 2021, Tim and Steven and I were doing the half and they had, had gone up ahead because they're faster runners than I am. I was on the second half of the course and I came along and a fellow runner and I love, I'm a shoe horse. I love, I'm a Clydesdale. Of course I'm a shoe horse. Love shoes. I love different kinds of shoes. And, and this lady that I came across was wearing shoes I'd never at the time seen before. These happened to be, and I asked her, I said, wow, man, the super cool shoes what are those? She goes, oh, these are the North Face Vectives. They were brand new at the time, or at least they were brand new to me. And so we started talking about shoes and just talking about our races. And she was doing the 50K. I believe it was her very first ultra race and just got to talking about trail running and our experiences. She was from Houston, part of a running club in Houston. And then I told her, I don't often do this. I don't really lead with this very often, but did tell her about the big S runner. And she said she'd listen. A lot of people say that they don't, but she did. Her name was Caroline 
And we connected then later on Instagram, and she's been a friend of the show ever since. And that's one of the things, again, I just love about trail running is you meet people on the trail, at aid stations, at expos, whatever. You just meet people. It's so much fun. And we've kept in contact since then. And I knew she was doing her very first 100K, I believe it was the weekend before I was doing mine, and asked if she would do a Why I Run segment. And Caroline agreed. Actually, I think I asked her to do it earlier in the year. She'll talk a little bit about this. She wasn't quite ready because she wanted to experience this 100K. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear from Caroline because she's got such good perspective and insight and just like we call, we like to call wisdom nuggets for you. With that, here is Caroline Lovell's Why I Run. So I got asked why I run back in January and I thought about the question for a couple weeks, but decided I wanted to answer it after running a big race I had planned, which was my first ever 100K attempt. And that was the Rocky Raccoon 100K on February 5th. And now I'm sitting here on March 4th, almost exactly a month post-race, and have finally been able to digest most of my thoughts. So I knew I'd really be able to tap into the why I run during that run. I knew it was going to take every ounce of me physically and mentally to finish, and that I was going to have plenty of time to sit with my thoughts. And I definitely did, and I got it done. A big reason why I run is to chase my own limits. And in all honesty, I hope my limits don't exist because I have so much fun pushing myself more and more and more towards goals. I'm not sure if I'll be able to complete or not. And there are definitely failures, but there's also successes. And every time I achieve one of the one of my goals, something in me changes and I get stronger. And I think the biggest takeaway for me is that I'm able to give myself credit for once for doing something hard. You know, I think a lot of us, whether you're a runner or not, have the tendency to diminish our own accomplishments, myself included. It's very easy for runners to get caught up in the, oh, I could have ran that faster or I could have done that better. But I think the important takeaway is not what you could have done better. It's you got to look what you did. Yeah, my 100K took a really long time, but I got it done. I got to focus on I achieved the accomplishment. You know, maybe I didn't hit my time goal. And during that race, I didn't. But that's not the important takeaway. There's an ultra runner named Nick Bear that has a saying that goes, comparison is the thief of joy. And that's been kind of ruminating in my brain for the last month. And I'm actively trying to remind myself of that and also the other other runners around me of that. I think it's a great quote and I think it's very true. And on the note of other runners in the running community, that was really what was at the forefront of my mind during the race. I mean, sure, I was in a lot of pain. I was questioning whether I can do this or not. But what was really helping me get through that race was knowing that I had a whole lot of friends that were, I had some friends that were running it. I had some friends that were crewing and I would not be able to do what I'm able to do without such an amazing supportive community that is the trail running community. And I've made lifelong friendships that I otherwise would not have had if it wasn't for running. I had a group of friends that came up from Houston that stayed up till 4 a.m. in sub-freezing conditions. Also, they could make sure that I had people to cheer me on when I crossed the finish line after doing the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And even a month later, I really have not been able to find words to describe how much that support means to me. And I've been really emotional in the weeks following the race. And to be honest, the support I received from my friends is what gets me to tear up more than knowing what I was able to do. And 
that to me is more important than self-discovery. It's, it's this, it's the support in the community and the friendships. I remember what it was like when I first started running, I was out of shape. I was in a bad mental place and I was terrified to be slow and not accepted by a running group. And now I help manage bond running club in Houston. It's a club that welcomed me with open arms. And now I'm able to give back to runners the support and encouragement that I received when I started my running journey. And that to me is the most important reason for why I run. And I I hope to continue chasing my physical and mental limits for the rest of my life. And I also really hope to keep supporting those who are supporting me in any way that I can. So yeah, that's why I run. Man, that was super awesome. Caroline, I was scribbling down so many notes. There are so many little phrases and sayings and quotes that that we we could pull from this. I could have a whole quote board but again, just such good wisdom. First of all, congratulations on your 100K. Having just done that myself, I, I know what an accomplishment it is. And I just love the perspective that you brought, which is, and I do this too. Man, if I'd only run the first part a little faster, I probably could have maybe hit that 17. No, no. Give yourself, what'd you say? You said, give yourself credit for doing something hard. I just love that. Give yourself credit for doing something hard. That is such good wisdom. Trail runs are hard, no matter the distance. Trail running can be really tough. And when we say, man, I would just wish I had, no, let's let's erase that thought and just give yourself credit for doing something hard. You also said you were chasing your limits. Just that mental image, always chasing your limits, seeing how far you can go. I just love that. Absolutely love that. And Nick Bear, I'm I'm a fan of Nick's as well. I I watch a lot of his videos. A lot of what he's done has influenced some of the things we do here on the show too, including the Squatty Potty, by the way. (laughs) But that comparison is the thief of joy is so true. Man, we're out there just challenging ourselves. It's, It's seeing what we can do and can we beat our time or can we give it our best and not worrying about someone else because we're not someone else. We are who we are for a reason. And we're unique and we're different. And the world needs just us. So I love that as well. And then you you ended with community, which I started with when we first I first tar- talked about meeting you out on the trail. That community is is the difference to me. It does bring the joy. It brings the happy tears. It brings those friends that are there at 4 a.m., like you said, in the freezing cold, so they you can hear the cheers as you cross the finish line. So good. Caroline, thank you for sharing that. I know that resonated deeply with me, and I know it resonated deeply with others as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. And, man, just such wisdom. So thanks again. That's Caroline Lovell's Why I Run. Well, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. It only seems appropriate that on episode 85, we give a big shout out to Caroline Lovell for hitting that 
100K and earning that belt buckle, doing a hard thing, making some amazing memories and sharing those with us. So thanks so much, Caroline. Congratulations on earning that belt buckle. Way to go. Big shout out from the Big Ass Runner to you. I'm very excited for this segment we're calling Inside the Herd. From day one of this show, we really wanted to be about the listeners. And that's why we have listeners do the intro. We do the shout out and kudos. We try to feature as many why I runs and my first trail races. And so one of the segment ideas that we had was to get to know the Big S Runner Herd in a little bit more depth, a little bit more detail. And when I was thinking about who could be our first guest on this new segment called Inside the Herd, Andy Allen was one of the first people I thought of. I reached out to Andy, and as always, he's always absolutely Jeff, would love to, whatever you need, let's get it done. So I'm super excited about this very first segment of Inside the Herd. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is the great Andy Allen. Andy, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. Hey, Jeff. Oh, my gosh. It is just such an honor and a privilege to be talking with you in real time and just really excited to be here. Through the miracle of the telephone, we are able to talk (laughs) in real time. It's amazing technology. When we had this idea to do this segment, we thought, I think it'd be awesome just to get to know different listeners. And really, this podcast all along has been focused on listeners from day one. We've had listeners do the intro. We love all the segments where we get to hear from listeners. And we thought about this segment and thought, who could be our perfect first guest on this segment? You were the first person that popped in my mind. So I'm so glad that you've said yes. You said yes to pretty much everything we've asked you to do. And so we're super excited to learn more about Andy Allen. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you very much. I I really appreciate the opportunity. And for anyone who comes after me, there's going to be nowhere to go but up. I I don't know about that. Well, let's let's start with Andy today. I know you're in Augusta, Georgia, but tell, tell the listeners a little bit about where you are in the world, a little bit about your family, about your, your day-to-day. Yeah, so I live in Augusta, Georgia. We are host to a pretty popular golf tournament that happens every April, and it's coming up very quickly. I've heard uh, of it, Masters yeah. Masters tournament. Yeah, it's a really exciting time. Well, I'll say it, it's exciting to me. I think half of the population here really hates it and the other half is on board and, and really loves it. But there's a lot of just really great events that come into Augusta during that week. We're fortunate to have some pretty cool musical concerts that we wouldn't get any other time of the year and just different things like that. And of course, you know, all the golfers and celebrities that come in just for the tournament itself. So it's a pretty big deal. And that'll be, gosh, I guess we're probably about three or four weeks away from that. This year will be pretty unique because it'll be the first year I get to take my son Aiden with me. He is five and a half years old and I feel like he's at the age where he somewhat listens when I say, hey, stop, don't do that. So hopefully he won't go 
darting under like a a roped off area of the course or or something like that this year or making making fart noises in someone's backswing you know things kids yeah. love to do absolutely but he could get away with it <laughs> my wife Jamie and I we just have the the one Aiden he's he's kind of the alpha and omega we waited until we were pretty far along in life before we started having kids and good for him I guess he gets kind of spoiled on the daily but <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife and I have been together since we were in our mid-20s we met working at a bank and Andy are you from Augusta did you is that where you grew up I didn't grow up here so I was born in a small town not too far from here about an hour east called Greenwood South Carolina my family everybody in, in my family grandparents aunts uncles cousins pretty much all worked for the textile mills in Greenwood. My father kind of wanted a different life for himself and his family. So he went into the military. He went active duty when I was about three years old. He got involved with this program that was pretty unique at the time in the early 80s. I think it was called Officers Abroad. And so he was able to kind of go into the service as a captain. We moved to Baumholder, Germany, which was really just a great experience and kind of a fun way to spend my early childhood years. Um, We lived there from 83 to 86. And, you know, by the time I was six, I had seen more of the world, I guess, than most folks would ever get to in a lifetime. It was really cool to get to see Holland and Sweden and France and kind of go to all of these places. And it was really just kind of like this big vacation while my dad was serving our country. That's great. Well, then how did you get in, into running? Did, did you grow up as an athlete? Did you play other sports? What was your background there? Yeah, I would say I was pretty athletic growing up. Uh, I mean, whatever was in season, I was usually dealing with it baseball or soccer or basketball. When I got a little older, I would say maybe into my 20s, you know, there, there were some professional, and I, I use the word professional in terms of young professional leagues for like kickball <laughs> and different things like that, flag football. So it was a way for young professionals to kind of meet and mingle and connect and network. But you kind of got to do some of those things you hadn't done since second grade. And so kind of got back into some athletics that way. And as I got into my late 20s and early 30s, I really fell in love with obstacle course racing, some of those Spartan sprints and Warrior Dash and Tough Mudder and all of those things. When (laughs) When you're in your late 20s and you're about to turn 30, you feel like you're getting older and you've got to prove something to yourself and that your body can still do things. I don't know. Absolutely. Why that thought crossed my mind because what I wouldn't give to be 30 again, but (laughs) yeah, I I really kind of got involved with some of those things. And then my wife got pregnant and Aiden came along and life very quickly became about preparing for fatherhood and my priorities shifted and kind of got away from anything other than him, which I would not trade that for the world. But I found running in 2019 after going on a family vacation, we had come back and a bunch of coworkers had signed up for a marathon, asked me if I wanted to join. And I thought that would kind of be just a a cool thing to, to check off the list. Didn't want to be the only one not participating. And so my running journey really kind of started with that. That's really interesting because our, our running journeys are exactly the opposite 
because I, I ran a marathon first way back in 2001, but it was the same thing. Friends, coworkers, they were doing it, wanted to do it. And like, I don't, I don't even run like a 5k. Why would I want to do a marathon? And, but it was, it was that whole community and they were doing it and they said, Oh, you, you know, if we can do it, you could do the kind of a thing. So did that. And then I got into mud races and things like that after, after probably 10 years after that. And that's what got me eventually into trail running. It was training for those tough mutters and things. We'd go out to the trails and I was like, I like that part better than, you know, actually climb, <laughs> climbing over stuff and going underneath ice water and all that, all that. So it's like we had similar experiences just in a reverse order. Yeah. The, the running part is much nicer than spending three days in the shower trying to pick mud out of every crevice in your body. Oh sure. my goodness. And, and I was getting a little bit, you know, a little bit older and every time I would, climb over those walls that would just I would just have bruises every yeah it was it was not it was not pretty so then what got you to the trail so you're you're doing the OCRs and then you train for a marathon and you you may still I think you still do quite a bit of road as well but what what eventually led you to experiencing the trails so my best friend that I wound up running the marathon with he actually kind of took to to trail running and I decided to to try it one day and really just loved that change of pace for my body. I don't know. There's some sort of pressure that I feel with road running where I just get in my head and I'm focused on time and pace and I've got to hit this minute per mile or whatever the case is. But with trail, it was just kind of like I could relax and get out of my own way and really enjoy running for the sake of running. And I think that's kind of what's kept me coming back for, for trails. Yeah. And do you still mix in a little bit of road as well? I do. Yeah. I would say most of my races are primarily road, but trail is really kind of like the reset button when, uh, when things are getting rough and it just seems like I need to kind of take a step back and start over again and kind of getting in a different mindset trails really help me do that. Yeah. I think we we hear that a lot. There's something about the trail that that is different. I, I don't know if it's because you're in nature, because you can't just kind of tune out and and try to hit a pace. And you know, if you do that, you'll trip and fall and scrape, scrape up a couple of knees. And it's interesting because it's active running, but at the same time, it just gets you in a different, little bit different state than I, than I think most most run road running does. Yeah, I agree. And I'm pretty fortunate and I'm probably going to jinx myself by putting this out there in the universe. But I, Uh-oh, don't do it. For as long as I've been running trails, I have yet to eat it on a trail. But I'm sure that the next time I go out, now that I've said it out loud, I'll, <laughs> I'll take a nasty spill and post a picture of like a banged up knee or something. We got to see it. Yeah, it'll, it, well, it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Yeah. Well, do you have a, a race right now that, that you've got on the calendar? Any anything that you're you're training for right now? Yeah, I'm I'm training for the Kansas City half marathon, which is gonna be road. That'll be October fifteenth. And hopefully this year we'll get to do the Augusta half Ironman. So we myself and a couple of other friends signed up for that as a relay team back before COVID happened. COVID moved into the world, but we've had deferral after de- after deferral. And so this is the year, hopefully, that we get to come together and do this relay for the Ironman. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I've never heard of an Ironman relay. I'm sure they may be popular. I just don't, I'm not in that world. It, do you, does everyone do a, a certain 
segment of both the of all three the run the bike and the swim so it's nice that you only have one person per discipline so there will be a swimmer someone who bikes and then i will do the half marathon got it so yeah i thought that would be a nice way to ease myself into that environment of triathlons, which I'd really like to explore a little bit more, hopefully into 2023. People have asked me if I've done Ironman. I said, well, I, I can't swim. I can't bike and I can really barely run. So no, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> but I think that, that sounds fun. I, I could do the, the running leg as long as the team knows that it's, it's going to be a long, long, slow <laughs> slog. Kansas City in October. Do you have a? Is there a goal? Is it to, just to finish? Just to enjoy? What, what's the goal there? I would like to PR. So my fastest time in a half marathon is uh, two twenty six, and I would really like to hit around two fifteen uh, with this race. It's I think a little more challenging. It's pretty hilly from what I've heard. So got my work cut out for me, but would really like to go after that PR and. This one will be really special because Kansas City is only about 30 minutes away from Leavenworth, which is where my family was stationed for about five years back in the 90s. I've still got a lot of childhood friends there, and so I'm planning on catching up with some folks that weekend that I haven't seen in about 20 years. I'm really looking forward to that. That's awesome. And I've just remembered that we have the Fort Leavenworth thing in common. That's I was born in the Fort Leavenworth Hospital in Leavenworth, Kansas. And I think we made that connection a long time ago, if I remember right, Andy. So that that's super cool. You'll, you'll get to, that's my old stomping ground. Now I was only six. Yeah, what about that? <laughs> I was six months when we left, so I don't know, remember any anything about it. <laughs> well, I I got one more question, and we, we're going to do a, a little bit of a fart lick round, and I'll talk about that here in a second. But kind of the last question I have, and you've done a, a why I run, and it was super powerful, and you talked a lot about Aiden and that I'm just curious if, because for me, I don't know if it's for you the same way. My why changes a little bit. You know, my biggest why is I just want to be healthy for my grandkids and actually now have a grandkid on the way so that I, I can see, see the light at the end of the tunnel on that one. But I just wonder if, if your why changes a little bit and what's kind of currently keeping you, keeping you motivated, keeping you out there hitting those trails. Is it the race coming up in October and having that goal or what, what's your why right now? Yeah, I think my why does change, kind of goes in and out depending on what the season is and what the reason for, for the run is. And currently, it's really just for myself and because I'm able to. Yeah, I think I may have shared high level before that I had some pretty significant health challenges when I was younger. They actually started when we lived in Leavenworth. I was 13 at the time and just started losing a lot of weight and having these really painful stomach cramps where I would have to kind of tuck into a ball to get any kind of relief. And my parents took me to the pediatrician there at the Fort Leavenworth Hospital. Um, They started kind of going through the gamut of all of the tests that you could imagine um, anybody going through and could never really get any kind of handle on what was happening. So they referred me to Children's Mercy Hospital in Kansas City and had some tests done there. And they gave me a diagnosis of something called Meckel's or Meckel's diverticulitis at the time, which is kind of like an extra piece of intestine that can cause some inflammation and discomfort and pain. And, you know, at that time, we've been dealing with it for about a year, year and a half. So we were just really 
thankful to have kind of a name for whatever was going on and had a treatment plan and thought we would just kind of move forward and things did not really improve <laughs> much from that. My health continued to kind of deteriorate so much so that part of the reason we wound up here in Augusta, uh, my father got assigned to Fort Gordon was something through the military called a compassionate reassignment. Really weren't sure what was happening with my health or what that was going to lead to. So in the event that the worst happens, at least uh, my parents are relatively close to family, like my, my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, all of that, you know, they're an hour away. So, but we get here in the summer of 95, 15, I'm four days away from starting my sophomore year in high school. And I remember walking home from school that day, my the house that my parents uh, wound up buying, they still live in about three quarters of a mile from the high school that I attended. And uh, I remember getting home that day. It was an August day in Georgia. It's like 97 degrees with 100% humidity. I'm drenched in sweat. And I thought, and before I do any homework, I am going to go try out this pool in the backyard uh, because we've never had a pool before. And that just sounded like such a nice treat after walking <laughs> walking yeah. home in that heat. And within like seconds, I remember my teeth were chattering, my lips turned blue. I was severely anemic. So my parents, you know, pretty quickly took me to the military hospital here at Fort Gordon. We spent a long time with family practice there. Based on the diagnosis that I had received from Children's Mercy, they wanted to get me in with a pediatric gastroenterologist, but there wasn't one at that particular hospital at the time. So they had to refer me to what was then called MCG or Medical College of Georgia since changed names a few times, but got on with a pediatric gastroenterologist there who repeated all of the tests that I had gone through in Kansas. And this time they diagnosed me with ulcerative colitis, which is just inflammation of your colon can be pretty severe. And so again, you know, it's, kind of a bummer when you're 15 and you have that kind of diagnosis, but at least we had a name for it and kind of a path forward and things went well for a period of time, or at least they were kind of controlled. But, you know, when you're also 15, your hormones are raging and you're yeah. kind of going through that part of growing up. And I had acne and like that just makes life so much fun when you're in high school. I was going to say that that's a, that's a tough part of life anyway. Yeah. <laughs> And then you add, right. add this, you're like figuring out what's going, what's going on with me. That, that had to be rough. Yeah, for sure. So my parents took me to a dermatologist. They put me on the medication to clear up the acne. That medication negatively interacted with the medication that I was on for my ulcerative colitis. And two things happened from that. My liver counts and my blood work started to skyrocket pretty quickly. And I started to get these superficial infections on my skin that the dermatologist would treat with these rounds of antibiotic until the only way that I could fight these infections was through intravenous uh, medication during hospital stays. I was in the hospital for like a week at a time, a few times to try to get rid of these infections. And I just remember one morning my father had come by before he went into work to check on me while I was in the hospital and our family doctor came in 
and I hadn't really woken up yet. I just kind of knew they were in the room and I'll always remember my family doctor had his hand on my foot and he was talking to my dad and he said, you know, I'm, I'm really afraid that if we can't get Andy somewhere where they're able to ascertain what's really going on, we're going to lose into one of these infections. Mm. And, uh, that was pretty terrifying to hear, but I'm sure probably more so for my dad uh, to hear that. And so, you know, my parents had to kind of go through the government bureaucracy and advocate for me with the powers that be to get me where I, where I could get help. We were able to get approval to go to Walter Reed medical center in DC. We did not know when all of that got approved that I would be spending three weeks there with chief of infectious disease. And I think I went through just about every clinic that they had having every test imaginable that, <laughs> that you could have bone marrow biopsies, biopsies on, on the skin, blood work, just all of the things uh, for about three weeks. And they still really couldn't determine what was causing these infections. But this chief of infectious disease at Walter Reed had an N with NIH and Bethesda, so the National Institutes of Health. They agreed to see me one day uh, while, fortunately, I was having a breakout of these infections, and they decided to take me on as a patient. And you know, within about a week, they had diagnosed me with this really rare form of something called pyostomatitis vegetans. This was a kind of a rare variant of that. I think they told me at the time I was the 29th documented case in medical history of this. They were able to figure out what it was, again, start a treatment plan, actually got that under control and and cured it. So I guess past the age of about 20, I, I didn't have to deal with that anymore. And so then we're kind of working with the colitis and trying to figure out what's going on with my liver. I had uh, surgery when I was 20 to remove the colitis from my body. Um, it was a two-part surgery. So I had an ostomy for about six months while they they constructed kind of the inside of my body to, to function like normal. So that happened in October of my 20th year. The following May, they went back in and reversed everything so I could kind of function like normal. Yeah, And then a little bit later that year, we went to MUSC Charleston um, to see a gastroenterologist there who diagnosed me with another illness called primary sclerosing cholangitis, which is where your bile ducts narrow. They were able to kind of get that under control. So there were all of these things kind of that I had been dealing with since I was 13 until I was 21, 22. And that's really a large part of why I run now. It's like I'm I'm here. I want to do something that gives my life purpose and meaning. I feel like there's some reason why I was able to kind of pull through all that and survive. So really just trying to make my days count however I'm able. And running is definitely where I find that purpose. That's amazing, Andy. I'm I'm curious to know you. You basically dealt with that what eight nine years. What's your frame of mind through that? Are you like I, I can't catch a break? Always me, or does it? Be, I'm sure it could probably ebbs and flows. Does it flow into 
whatever it takes, I'm going to get better. Like, I'm just curious your state of mind through all that. I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure it changed (laughs) and your perspectives changed probably as you got older, but I'm just curious, what's your state of mind? Yeah, uh, there were definitely some, (laughs) some dark times where, um, it it was definitely like a, a woe is me for sure. You know, I mean, you just wonder why it's, it's happening and why you're the one going through it. And, been years at that point like when when is it going to end is it ever going to end kind of thing but you had a lot of folks kind of reach out and tell me that they were uh, always just inspired and impressed by how I conducted myself and carried myself through that on the outside so that kind of helps to give you the strength to just keep pushing forward and you know you just keep praying that things will get better and Fortunately for me, doors opened and I was able to get the, the help that I needed and definitely in a far better place now. And do you feel like that experience now that you're on, obviously on this side of it and been on this side of it for a while, does that give you perspective to say, hey, you know, if it's a tough day at work or, you know, the, the, the my favorite team's losing, you're like, compared to what I went through, you know, growing up, that's, you know, that, not that bad. So it kind of toughened you up a little bit? Yeah, I think so. You know, there there's definitely times where it's easy to for, forget all of those things that, that you went through. But, it, yeah, I mean, it, it really does help to add context to the small things really are small things. And there are so many other things in the world that, that can go wrong and it can be worse in so many ways. So just uh, it really taught me to have a lot of gratitude in the things that I previously overlooked in my day. Yeah. Well, we're we're just hearing that story. And first of all, thanks for for sharing that. I, I'd heard a little bit of it, but but certainly not in that detail. So so thanks for sharing that. That is inspirational, and especially that's a tough time as a as a kid anyway. But to also deal with that and to fight through it and and to be on this side of it and have that perspective, we just I thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple final questions, and then we're going to get to our our fart lick round. I'm I'm curious because I I can't remember Andy when we connected. I feel like you've been a listener of the Big Ass Runner pretty early on. Do you remember the first time you you caught an episode? Yeah, I think it was it was right after um, Ashley's Tales from the Trails episode, maybe like episode five or six. I think. Yep. So you're, 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 I consider you OG. You're, you're, you're from the beginning. And I'm curious too, just do you, do you have a favorite segment? It's uh, for sure. The, the why I run, you know, it's always just so great to, to hear what gets people into running and, and why they do it, why they continue to do it. There's so many inspiring stories. Everybody's got an inspiring story. I haven't heard one yet that uh, doesn't make me just want to stand up and cheer for, the person who's who's telling it so that's definitely my favorite one everyone's why i always say everyone's why is unique but everyone's why connects with everybody like there's certain elements it's always just you know you you can relate to you can connect with and i think that's that's part of what i love about it as well well i stole this idea there there was a little video series when, when i was training and getting ready for the black canyon ultra i was watching every video possible about the race trying to get any kind of insight and there was a little series they did where they interviewed some of the the favorites for the race because it was a it was a golden ticket race and a lot of fairly big names none of them won by the way the person that won no one had really even heard of 
guy named True Heart Brown, which is really cool. His story, I, I listened to his interview after the race and, and no one really even knew who he, who he was, uh, but he ended up winning it. But they did this little video series and they had a, when, when they had interviewed the guests, they had a little fart lick round. So they asked everyone the same 10 questions. So we're going to do the same thing. So I want to give credit where credit is due. I totally stole this from Scott Trayer who hosted this little series called Chasing Gold. So I'm going to ask you 10 quick fart lick questions. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Favorite running song. Oh, uh, I think I previously shared this, but it's definitely my go-to, uh, The Fire by The Roots and John Legend. Nice. Oh, that's right. That was that was part of the Timmy Time uh, yeah. list from a couple, <laughs> couple episodes ago. Awesome. Do you have a favorite either trail or route that you like to run? Yeah, so the route that I run most often is our greenway that's right over the river in South Carolina. It cuts through a really beautiful neighborhood and the greenway itself is uh, just really nice and safe. Uh, But we are also blessed with a really nice trail system, not too far out of Augusta called FATS, stands for Forks Area Trail System. It's a little over 30 miles of trail. There's uh, five different loops that you can take, and it is really beautiful out there. That's incredible. 20, you said 30, 30 miles of trails. Yeah, they have a 50K out there every, it's either late October or early November. And it made a list uh, a couple of years ago for one of the top 10 50Ks in the country that you could cut your teeth on for, for trail running. So. Love it. Go to running shoes. Brooks Ghosts, I'm really loving the 14 right now. That's probably the best iteration of that shoe that's come out. But I also really enjoy my Hoka Challengers. There you go. Love it. Favorite piece of gear? Uh, Probably lock laces. I'm terrible at tying my shoes in different knots that a runner should probably know how to tie. And those things just help me not have to worry about that. Lock laces? I don't even know what that is. It's like a it's like a drawstring shoelace. Um, ah. It's got this little lock on the on the top, and you just kind of pull it down and tuck the little top of your shoelace underneath the tab, and you just go. You don't ever have to worry about your shoes coming untied. It's fantastic. I'm up to check those out. I think my like my Peloton riding shoes have something like that. A little you just pull and and snaps in place, and off you go. Yeah. Favorite aid station food. Uh, it's got to be cheese quesadillas. <laughs> oh, nice cheese quesadillas. Love it. What about this is this is not this is not exclusive to Aid Station. Just in general, if you're going to the grocery store, this might end up in your cart. Guilty pleasure food. I mean, we're probably going to have an easier time talking about what I don't put in my <laughs> cart that doesn't need to be there. Um, it's maybe uh tonight dough ice cream from uh ben and jerry's particularly when kroger puts it on sale for like 349 yes i'm i'm a fan of the ice cream that is definitely one of my one of my many guilty pleasure foods for sure (laughs) do you have a bucket list race you're like man before you know before i kick it i want to hit i want to hit this race (laughs) yeah i would love to do candace burt's a triple crown of, of races with the Bigfoot and Tahoe and, and all of that. I think that those, you know, and that's lofty, like to do a 200 mile race and, and then to do three of them. 
But uh, I just think that would be the coolest thing to be out there for, you know, three or four days covering that kind of distance on foot. What kind of pride you must feel in yourself for accomplishing that would be really amazing. Man, you got that. That is lofty. As I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a 50K. You're, you're going all in for the 240 Moab. And oh, man, that's that's big time. I love it. So this is this is a one that I added because I'm always curious because I, I watch races and, I, and I'll watch some of the elite guys and most of them go with a handheld. But I'm always curious what people's hydration preferences. Do you go handheld? Do you go hydration vest or do you go hydration belt? I really love my vest. It's kind of a security blanket. It's just got all of the pockets and pouches and things that I need for gels and my truck key and my cell phone and all of that kind yep. of stuff. But I, I will say that maybe over the last three or four months, I've started to wean myself off of that for slightly shorter distances. So anything from like half marathon distance below, I've started to use a, a belt and I've had some pretty good success with that. But for longer distances, you know, like I, I need my tailwind Given my health history, like I just really don't want to roll the dice with hydration that they offer on course. I know it works for me, and I know it's not going to send me looking for the beacon of light. And so I really <laughs> just need to make sure I'm I'm packing all of that stuff in the bag. Smart man, smart man. What's your favorite cross training activity? You talked about kickball and some of the things that you did earlier in your life. Do you have a favorite when you're not running? What what you like to do cross training wise? I've gotten really into rowing lately, and, and I I used to row when I was a little younger. Augusta has kind of like a, a casual rowers club, but I really enjoy like the rowing machine. I feel like it's just such a great kind of total body workout. So on days when I'm not running, I'll typically hop on the a rower. That's a good one. That You're right. That is, that's a full body workout, and we used to do that a lot in CrossFit. And man, it'll it'll get you in a hurry. Yeah, it does. It really does. It just works everything. I mean, I think when I started, I could I could barely go five minutes uh, on that machine. So it's nice to just see how your endurance builds. All right, last question. This is the, probably the toughest one, but I think maybe the most interesting because I'm everyone's answer to this is going to be different. If there was a movie, who would play Andy Allen in that movie? Oh, uh, well, who I would want to play me is probably <laughs> far different than who would actually play me. I mean, if, if we're dreaming big, it's got to be like, you know, it's got to be Brad Pitt or Paul Rudd or somebody like that. Somebody like just extremely good looking uh, and or unbelievably funny. But the person who would probably play me is more real, realistically like DJ Qualls or <laughs> <laughs> Jim Parsons or somebody like that. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Timmy time would, would pick, uh, Brad Pitt as well for him. That's, uh, he's got a, he's got a man crush on him as, as we yeah. all do, as we all do. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, Andy, this has been such a joy. I feel like we have a friendship, even though we've never met in person and that's going to happen someday. It's going to happen. We're going to run, run that trail out by your house someday or, or some race. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do the Moab 240 together. Something at some point it's going to happen. Yeah, we'll have to set up like a, a big ass runner herd meetup or something. Like we'll have a we'll have a convention or something. Absolutely, one year. 
Uh, yeah, we've talked about doing a running retreat. I think that would be a lot of fun. Just hey, whoever can make it, let's meet up here and and spend spend the weekend just hitting some trails together. I think that'd be a blast. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for your transparency and for spending some time with us, letting us get to know you a little bit better. And it's just been a joy. So thank you so much for, for all that you are. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much for having me again. It's it's always just such a, a privilege and so humbling to, to be asked to do anything for, for you guys. So really enjoyed our time together. Thank you. Me too, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All righty. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 85 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks so much for listening, and I want to say a big thanks and shout-outs to everyone who is part of this show, for Jesse for that amazing intro, for Caroline for sharing your Why I Run, and of course to the great Andy Allen for letting us get a peek into your life and getting to know you better. We appreciate you so much. Also, a big thanks to our partners. As you know, we only partner with products that we love, companies that we love, and people that we love. And that is true with all of our partners, including Path Projects. If you have not gotten one of their cool new t-shirts, you better do it. Pathprojects.com. I wore them on my run through the desert a few weeks ago. Pathprojects.com. If you need chafing ointment, the best in the world is, in my opinion, Salty Britches. Go to Get Salty Britches. Use the code Big Ass Runner one word and get 20% off. GetSaltyBritches.com. And of course, the best running jackets and vests in the world, and some cool t shirts, by the way, too. VanderJacket.com. And then our newest partner, NutriWorks. So excited to be working with them. And again, we're going to share this journey on nutrition and all the things that I'm going to learn with you. So you're going to benefit as well. Well, of course, as always, big thanks to the person that makes us sound so good, Steve Suffering Suckatash Saunders. Our audio engineer. Well, with that, thank you so much for listening. Get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. And I was running, I think it was the second half of the, of the, well, second, Steve, you got something for the blooper reel. And she said she'd listen. A lot of people say that. They don't. But she did. This was... Someone I later found out, cut that part too, Steve. Trail running can be really tough. And when we make it, when, that's right. And that, that's, let me back up, scratch that part, Steve. Uh, Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Go back, Figaro.